We've been joined by CEO of Safe Home Ireland, Karen McHugh. Thank you uh, for joining me in the studio, Karen. It's great to have you here. Thank you for having me here. Yeah. Um, can you tell our listeners um, a little about uh, Safe Home Ireland and um, also about how you got involved with Safe Home Ireland? Okay. Uh, Safe Home Ireland is a national charity that was set up initially in the year 2000 in the village of Mulrani in County Mayo. Uh, it was initially a pilot project set up by our founder, uh, Dr. Jerry Cowley, and it was to, as part of his work as a GP around the area, a lot of people were asking about their elderly relatives abroad and were there any opportunities for them to come home. So he felt, I suppose, a duty that he should see if he could do something about this. So he set up a pilot project um, in Mulrani, a housing scheme, and the first people returned um, from abroad, on um, Irish-born immigrants. So that was where it started. The demand and the interest grew from locally to nationally. And within a year, the organisation was set up as a charity and a company. And ever since then, we have grown and expanded and developed. So we are funded through the Department of Foreign Affairs, the Immigrant Support Programme, uh, to which whom we're very grateful because they supported us right from the outset in the year 2000. And yeah. to this day, so we were glad this year to get uh, multi-annual funding, uh, the first in Ireland. So it was a real boost for us as well. And um, to date, we have directly assisted 2,281 people as of last week directly to return home to secure accommodation. Now, that averages out about two people per week. Now, that doesn't mean that two people every week are returning via safe home. Sometimes it can be more, sometimes, and some years are busier than others. So, I suppose the current um, housing challenges that we're having here in Ireland also affects and impacts on the work that we do as well. Yes, um, I was going to ask you that yeah, question, actually, yeah. how, you, how you're coping with that. Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, yeah. Tell us a bit more about the yeah. services that The, uh, the services provide. we provide, um, I suppose, cover um, access to housing, information, outreach, and what we call connect. So, the housing is what we're best known for um, and we work quite closely here in Roscommon with Roscommon County Council as well who've been very supportive of our work um, and that uh, the criteria for that is to be 57 plus, living abroad, Irish born and not to have the means to buy or rent long term in your own right. So it is pretty strict criteria. So somebody who meets those criteria, maybe some of the listeners today who have relatives abroad or maybe people abroad who are listening, if you meet that criteria and if you're interested in returning to Ireland, contact Safe Home Ireland. So that is a long process. A person has to be registered with ourselves, then with the local authority and then uh, I suppose it is a matter of age-friendly properties becoming available. So the housing element is for a certain age cohort. Yes. Uh, the information is for any person abroad from Australia to Canada to Dubai, um, Cyprus, uh, you name it, the countries that we cover, it's global. So anybody abroad who might be listening or a family abroad who might be thinking of returning but don't know where to start. I'm a returned immigrant myself and, you know, you don't know where to start when you think about coming home. People think it is coming home, but it's not. It's like a new immigration experience totally. So you're coming to a new country. So 
Um, the queries may be about education, might be employment, might be tax, might be pensions. So we would urge anyone to connect with our service if you're looking for information. Now, the information aspect of our work, we work quite closely with the Citizens Information Board and the Citizens Information Centres. It's a bit of a mouthful, that, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Around the country. So I suppose we we have certain um, specialism in terms of the information we can give, but we also connect with the services who have the, the, the specialism as well. Outreach, we've quite a unique service. When somebody returns home, be it through Safe Home Ireland or be independent of Safe Home Ireland, if they need... Um, support and that support about getting back into the system here people don't know where to start absolutely well, no idea to start to come home even the thoughts of it and absolutely make that move exactly and then there's that uh, stereotypical attitude yeah of if you're home yeah. you failed somehow yeah. you know you didn't yeah. make it yeah. in another country yes you yeah know? so well yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that that stigma will just I uh, think, disappear yeah i think that's changing uh, because i think with migration and the global movement of people you know when people move and when people come home it's not was traditionally in Ireland it may have been that if you came home it didn't quite work out abroad now we know you and I know there's a large cohort of people who returned who set up businesses who work here who you know um, came back for all sorts of different reasons so I think that's kind of myth and that stereotype is slowly going and rightly so because coming home is not a failure coming home is literally you know what people want what a lot of people think of often in later years when you're young you want to explore the world and travel the world and see everything and it comes a point where you may have seen it and done it have the t-shirt and you might think I actually want to come home Um, so that's um, the outreach service which is to visit somebody in their own home so when somebody comes back throughout the whole country if they would like somebody to come and visit maybe to help with paperwork maybe to that emotional support that is desperately underrated people do not realise coming home is an emotional journey as well so sitting down with somebody maybe going through paperwork just having a conversation like you know coming back it's challenging and you know your emotions are all over the place and having that conversation talking about how you feel about being back and what you miss about being away and also the new relationships because coming on holidays is very different to being back here permanently so people sometimes say well you know my family they're they're never around I never see them Um, but families here have lives to get on with and have always but when you're home on holiday you probably take that time and make some you know you, you might be more available if someone's home on holidays so when you're home permanently those relationships have to be rekindled as well so I suppose that whole emotional support is 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 unique and it is something that we offer in the comfort of people's homes or in a choice of it may be a hotel a coffee shop sometimes we meet people um, for whatever different reasons so um, and I suppose the other area is what we call connect so we are pretty active on, well, relatively active on social media, I hope. And we travel to the UK for outreach and we also do a range of information sessions in the UK, but also uh, globally. So we can do an information session on returning to Ireland, what's involved. Um, we do it with groups in Australia, we do it with groups in um, America uh, and other places um, where people 
may see a trend of people wanting to return. And I suppose that trend at the moment may be America. There's quite a few um, and organisations who are connecting with us um, where people are thinking of returning. And be it that, I think we've over 100,000 visas issued for Australia for young people to leave this year, double last yes. year. Um, there are also people in Australia who have seen that and done that and would like to come home. So, you know, while people are leaving there's a lot of people coming back as well so I suppose Safe Home Ireland it is what it says, it's about coming home safely and getting that support um, with our service in whatever way we can. And can I just ask you about the age, you say 57 um, is, is can you see that getting any lower yes. in, in the future years? Yes, I suppose 57 was an age that was set over 20 years ago yes. um, and now age friendly properties are generally for 55 plus so it is something we would certainly like to have a discussion with with the current minister and with um, maybe the various different housing housing departments throughout the country as well. Yes. Um, and that's one of our asks. We did an article in the Council Review magazine, which is um, a council magazine uh, for all, I suppose, management in, in councils. And one of our asks is that each local authority offer safe home an age-friendly property per year. Um, we have a couple of councils who have already done that um, and it is an ask, including while I'm here today to Roscommon County Council, um, it is an ask that I would like Roscommon County Council, who have huge immigration over the years, yes. um, that one age-friendly property to be allocated. Um, we don't think it's too much of an ask and I say that because while we have a housing challenge and a housing crisis, it's not necessarily around age-friendly properties. Um, so I'm not going to say too much more about that, but I think it is achievable. It's not too much to ask for. Um, so the housing crisis and the challenge has an impact on the work that we do, of course. It is more difficult mm-hmm. for all ages um, to return. However, with the age-friendly, um, it's probably not as challenging. Now, correct me if people ring and say that's not true um, but we haven't found it as challenging for the age friendly however we have with people who unfortunately are not eligible under the safe home criteria now we would love that to be 30 plus but that's not a conversation this year it may be a conversation we will have when more building takes place um, of housing and we know there's lots happening around the country so you know we have to be careful with what we ask for that we're not um, asking at, at a time where it would be a clear no but in the future we would certainly like to see that that could be expanded. Absolutely and, and putting it out there yeah. and um you know, having those conversations yes. um, with, yeah. with councils around the country because it is yeah. an area that we need to look at. Yes. We're losing our young people yep. uh, by the thousands every single year. Yep. And as you say, a lot of them just go to um, experience mm-hmm. uh, or get work experience, mm-hmm. you know, in other countries and live somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And But they always come back yes. or they always want to come mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. Um, now, okay, the criteria you say is, um, you know, maybe if they sold a property wherever they were or if they had savings, for example, they may not be mm-hmm. eligible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as you say, if, if mm-hmm. councils even for one mm-hmm. one house a year to be given yeah. to a young family, mm-hmm. you know, um, mm-hmm. that would that would make a huge difference. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think we mustn't forget those that left our shores um, and sacrificed a lot in the past and um, they are 
some are still those immigrants who sent the money home, who kept families going here and who made sacrifices themselves so that families here would do well. So, you know, I think we have a duty to our immigrants. We have a duty to the Irish abroad, um, including we have a duty to our young people who are leaving now. I did say a lot are going to Australia, but they're not just going to Australia. A lot of our young people are leaving this country um, and there's various reasons, but we have a duty in the future to those young people as well that if they desire to come home or if they run into difficulties abroad because when you leave, anything can happen on life's journey as we know. Anything can happen. Yes. And, you know, there are a myriad of Irish centres all over the world and, you know, I think it's so important that they know that there are centres there that can support them, be it emotionally or practically, um, if difficulties arise. Because difficulties arise when we, as young people living here in this country. When you leave, there are lots of extra pressures abroad. So, you know, we have a duty to our, our diaspora as well. Um, and we have a minister specifically for the diaspora, uh, and that's uh, Minister Sean Fleming. Um uh, the current minister is Sean Fleming, so he has been travelling around the world to various different centres as well and to Irish festivals um, just to continue to reach out. While we know Irish music and Irish sport and culture is quite strong abroad, um, the welfare aspect of the funding that the Irish government give is very much... the, the funding that the Irish government give Irish centres is very much also around the welfare Yes. Um, and that's critical to support the welfare of our immigrants abroad. Yes, and there's so many um, around the country, and I'm sure Sean is aware of that. As you say, he's travelled so he can see yeah, the exactly. thousands yeah. in their numbers. Yeah. And it's all very well when you're young and you can get involved with GAA, but as you get older, yeah. you know, um, you start losing those connections yeah. back home. And we've seen the footage from Dublin Airport yeah. every Christmas. Yeah, you know, mm. and um, it's it's not getting any easier for families no. who remain here. Yes, and who miss their families. Yes. So, for me, uh, yeah. this was uh, a given that I was going oh. to jump on this opportunity <laughs> to have you in, Karen, because Thank it's you. such an important topic mm -hmm. uh, that we need to discuss and, yeah. and open up. Um, yeah. You know, n those avenues into receiving mm. funding and talking about it yes. uh, in the years to come. Yes, absolutely. Know. And, do you know, while I say we are supported through the Department of Foreign Affairs, that's only part of our funding. So each year we have a very big gap um, that I and my team have to secure funding for um, and that can be quite difficult we we have a big fundraising challenge coming up in May where we are doing the Famine Way Walk yeah. which is a Roscommon connection here again um, now that as you know was a walk from Strokestown to Dublin uh, where uh, 1,490 people had to leave um, because it was cheaper at that time for the landlord to pay for their fares to leave the country um, and those Unfortunate are our ancestors. They walked from Roscommon to Dublin, many in bare feet as well. Yes. Um, and they left our shores for better lives. Um, not sure all of them had better lives. Many died at yeah. sea. Yes, many died amazing. on the way. Um, so we are doing that walk, but we're doing the walk in reverse. So we're doing the walk from Dublin. Um, we did it last year. 
Uh, so we're doing it from Dublin, the Epic Immigration Museum, from the 11th of May, and we're coming back to Strokestown on the 19th of May uh, to Strokestown House, and we will have a little event with our ambassador, which I'll talk about in a minute as well. Yes, uh, we know who that is. <laughs> we know who that is, do we? And uh, we do. <laughs> and uh, you have a song request uh, by one of your ambassadors. Yes. yes, you do. And we have that coming up because um, we're going to uh, take a commercial break uh, around about the half an hour mark. So, um, and and Karen, you're staying with us. Yes. Yes, that's fantastic because I have lots more to uh, okay. to ask you about <laughs> Safe Home Ireland. Um, so, would you like? like to introduce your song okay. <laughs> um, our ambassador is the uh, amazing Sean Keane singer and Sean came on as our ambassador in 2021 and he has just transformed the work that we do in Safe Home Ireland, he is behind everything, supports everything, will be on that walk as he was last year um, and he is well known in every everyone listening will know Sean Kane and the song that I've chosen is a song called Home because I think it's very apt to uh, the programme today. It is beautiful. We are here uh, broadcasting live from the studio on the Lanesborough Road in the town of County Roscommon and we are currently chatting with Karen McHugh CEO of Safe Home Ireland a charity that offers vital supports to Irish emigrants who wish to return home from living abroad. And uh, Karen, we spoke before a little bit about Safe Home Ireland and what you do and the vital supports that you offer. But can you just tell me a little bit about the team that you have around you and those collaborators that you spoke of <coughs> in different countries? Okay, um, we're quite a small team, so four full-time equivalent staff. So we have myself as CEO. We have um, two outreach workers, one based in Galway and one in Kerry. And our coordinator um, is based in Mayo. And our information and communications person is based in Galway as well. So their job share. So it's quite a small team. Our two outreach workers cover the 26 counties to visit people who return home to any part of Ireland. We do also go to the north, um, but obviously under the <coughs> housing um, returns, um, the, the North is not part of of that um, agreement, I guess. So that's our small team. We're quite busy. Uh, we travel a lot. Uh, we also work very closely with other organisations here in Ireland. And that's around the country. It's hard to name any but the main ones. Um, I mentioned the Citizens Information Centres, alone, um, maybe sometimes men's sheds, different women's groups around the country. And every area is different depending on the people's interests. So we will connect people generally with local services if possible. Uh, we work nationally with a couple of organisations. One is Cross Care Irish Diaspora Project, and they are a project of the Cross Care National Organisation. So they work with people leaving. They do a lot of work with young people leaving to help prepare. They also support people returning, um, and they have their specialisms as well. Um, uh, and a very strong uh, um, policy aspect as well of their work. We also work with Citizens Information Board, um, and they are, I suppose, they um, they have a fantastic uh, aspect of their website, a returning to Ireland section, and we will use that for practically everything. We also feed into that where there are areas where we may collaborate and contribute towards updating certain sections or creating new sections that um, things may come to our attention. Um, so 
the other organisation we work with is the Irish Council of Prisoners Overseas and they are what it says on the tin. They work with Irish who uh, leave Ireland and who are in, I suppose, situations where they've come in contact um, or they've been involved in crime for whatever varying degrees and they're in prison. So that programme supports um, prisoners abroad, Irish prisoners abroad, and they will link in with families here in Ireland as well. As There is also obviously overlap when some of those people uh, may be eligible for safe home housing um, under the criteria for housing. So we work closely uh, with them. So we have quarterly, all four of us meet quarterly uh, to look at issues, to look at trends, to look at gaps um, and also how we can work in partnership. So that's a really, really strong, um, I suppose, relationship that we have. We'll work with many, many others. Um, It's probably too hard to mention a lot, but there will be national and local organisations we also work with Irish centres um, abroad um, in England. It, I suppose it's well known there'll be lots of um, centres from Camden to Brent to Manchester, Birmingham, you name it. Um, yes. But we also work with Irish centres in Australia, in the US um, and in Canada and many, many other countries where there might be smaller organisations or there might they might have started as a cultural group and they may have a welfare aspect as well. Um, we all work very closely with the consular services so that's the embassies abroad and the um, consular services where there are no embassies um, and they that will be in areas um, I know like this year alone we've directly assisted somebody come home from Spain last year um, somebody else from Spain somebody else from Sri Lanka we're working with others somebody in Vietnam at the moment so there will be areas where are less known Irish um, immigrant areas where, you know, maybe people have reached a certain age or maybe something has happened. And during COVID, it was probably one of our busiest years because things changed quite a lot for Irish abroad. They, they, were, they weren't able to come home as regularly, even on holidays. Um, and for some, it was a time where they actually thought about life um, and they desired to come home. Um, and then others lost their jobs, became maybe undocumented um, and had other challenges. So um, the Irish centres are critical and the social clubs as well. Um, sometimes we have to, we connect people to clubs. Uh, another great organisation that we work with is the um, Repatriation Scheme. Fantastic. Yeah. Yes. The um, I'm, the name just has just escaped me. I'll come back to it in a second. Remember it after oh, I'll remember <laughs> it in a second. Um, but yeah. you know, sometimes but everything's there on your website. Anyway. Everything. Yes. Well, if it's not on our website, there'd yes. be a link. Yes. And um, I suppose that's really important to co- connect with our website. Connect on our social media. Our, our Facebook is quite active. Our Twitter. Our Instagram. LinkedIn is probably less lesser for our work I'm not quite sure but we still used obviously LinkedIn um, so we are on all all the socials um, yes. but I think it's important that we also phone people we speak to people uh, we don't have any push buttons dial one for this and two for that we talk to people immediately if we're not available to be a voicemail and we will ring somebody back um, sure, immediately which, Karen, would you just, uh, we, we, before we take another piece of music um, can you give out uh, your email address or contact yep. number that people the can uh, email address to you? is the email address is info at safehomeireland.com 
and anybody who comes to our website we have a web query section so if you go on our website you can send a message via our website and our landline is is zero zero three five three nine eight three six zero three six and I'll give the mobile number after as well um, where people can actually contact us we will phone anybody back so don't worry what part of the world you're in sometimes the time zones might get in the diff- in the way but we, we always manage or we can do Zoom calls we've done lots of Zoom meetings yes. uh, where people want information so we'll, we'll do whatever works so we're very very flexible and creative in, in that regard Karen McHugh from Safe Home Ireland is still in the studio with us and uh, I hope you're enjoying your visit, Karen, to Ross FM. Grace, <laughs> delighted to be here. You've got a cup of tea. I know, and a very nice cup of tea. He knows how to make tea. That's a Ross Common man for you now. That's a, that's a West of Ireland cup of tea. <laughs> this is and drinking it. Exactly, you wouldn't get that everywhere. And of course, it's wonderful to uh, to have you here as my guest oh. and uh, speaking about such a, an important mm. topic. And... Um, of course, Karen is here to answer any of your questions in reference to Safe Home Ireland. And uh, you can reach out live, uh, leave a voice note on uh, our WhatsApp number here in Ross FM, which is 083 Or you can email Karen. Uh, can you, anybody yep. email you, Karen? Yeah, uh, Karen. It's Karen at com, Or this our WhatsApp, which we can ring anybody back, uh, 086-059. Four five three eight, uh, and it is cheaper for people to call on WhatsApp or even to send a WhatsApp message and we can come back at whatever time zone you are in. That's fantastic. So um, we did speak earlier on about, before about the team that you have around you, you know, which is obviously um, really important that you have mm-hmm. uh, that good connection with them, that good working connection mm. with them. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got involved with Safe Home Ireland, you know, from the... <laughs> I could be here a long time. Try and make it brief now, Karen. Without giving away ages now and all that kind of very important because listeners don't know who I am a lot, I'm sure. So I... Um, they'll get to know you now after this. They'll get to know after. I graduated and immigrated in the very late 80s um, and uh, I went to London and... I work there. Um, I am a qualified social worker myself. That's my background. And I did many kind of initially part-time jobs and different type of work just to get into what I wanted to do. And that was in the not-for-profit sector. So my entire career has been in the not-for-profit sector, apart from very short stints in uh, the public sector. And I mean very short. And in the private sector I worked in as well. Uh, So I... um, I worked in child protection, I worked in the area of mental health and then I ended up um, managing an Irish centre in London, uh, the Brent Irish Advisory Service, which recently marked its 45th anniversary just before Christmas, which I was at in the Irish Embassy in London. So I worked there for many years, I was involved in many projects. Um, uh, there are a couple of organisations that were set up out of the out bias, which is Inish Free Housing Association is one, and that's quite a well a well known Irish housing association in London. Also, the Traveller Movement, which um, I also set up back in in the early nineties, uh, and that's an independent organisation running in its own right. So I was there um, as a social worker initially, and then I became the director. And I, after a number of years, then I, I suppose I had this longing to come home. 
and home for me is Sligo. So I am from the west of Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really down the road. And the borders of Sligo, Leitman, are scumming now. So who, depends on who's playing in the football. I, I, I do shout for all three, but if they're all... Th- up the Rossies. Up, up Sligo, Sligo first. <laughs> um, so I came back initially and um, I didn't settle. I came back to Port Leash and I worked in the prison there. I set up the visitor centre in the Midlands prison and I didn't settle and I returned. Um, now, I didn't settle and I suppose that is maybe, I suppose, why I eventually ended up in Safe Home Ireland because I think people who return home, many people think it's just coming home and they don't realise it's a whole new immigration experience. So the second time I came back, I had thought about it more and I realised it was more than just coming home. So I returned uh, to Limerick in 2009 and I worked there in a migrant support organisation, uh, Doris, which was working with uh, new immigrants um, to the country. So I worked there for a number of years and then I found myself in Safe Home Ireland in 2015. So I've been there since. And I suppose in one way, it's the full circle uh, from leaving to returning um I suppose I've always worked in the area of immigration, let's face it. So when I lived abroad, I worked uh, with Irish abroad. When I returned, I worked with new immigrants. And now I'm working with Irish abroad coming back. Um, so it's that's my journey to safe home. And I suppose it's I'm coming with a personal experience as well uh, of knowing what it's like to have... I suppose that longing. My first few years living away, I desperately missed home. I was very homesick every Christmas if I didn't come home. Um, And then you become more settled. And then, you know, there's that longing, there's that desire, there's that passion, there's that dream um, of coming home. So I suppose it's it's something that I get. Um, All our staff um, have either lived abroad, worked abroad, or were born abroad, or have family abroad. Um, and I suppose you could say that with every Irish family in the country. We know what it's yes, like to... I think everybody's been affected. Exactly. We all know um, what stage. it's like to have somebody who leaves mm-hmm. um, and the sadness and the pain of that leaving. And Whether you never see them again. I suppose it's better now yeah. these days. But it is. But you past. know, Zoom and phone calls are fantastic, yes. but it doesn't replace no. the person in front of you. Um, we know that through... Covid, you know, I hate that. I mentioned that word, but yes. you know, coming here talking to you is very different to doing a radio, doing an interview um, on the phone. So you have that personal connection. So um, yeah, so I suppose that's my journey back was in safe home um, to do what we can to re- make dreams come true and to realise those dreams. Uh, I have to say, sometimes it's very sad. Um, some people who make contact with our service are in crisis abroad. And some may have relatives abroad who need nursing care and need more care than they are getting um, and would like to come home. Um, Now, that's becoming a little bit more difficult with the assisted decision-making legislation recently. Um, However, you know, we can assist sometimes families in those situations as well. So, you know, don't, um, for anyone listening... If you're not sure whether we will be relevant or, or appropriate to contact, contact us. Because if we're not the right, we can put you on to the right organisation. Okay. So, you know, sometimes a relative talking about, you know, I have a brother abroad. I'd really like him to come home. Now, he mightn't want to come home, but he might, you ne- might never have that conversation with them. So, mm-hmm. you know, have the conversations with somebody. Um, we often find people as they get older... Um, like are thinking about home 
and I suppose that goes with all migrants. Yes. And I have some good friends from into all over the world, and one of my friends from Syria, um, who uh, said one day I'd like to set up Safe Home Syria, and you know what? Wow. It just brings yeah. tears yeah. to my eyes that you know, and Safe Home Ukraine, somebody else. Um, yes. So you know. When we look at migration, and it's a topic of conversation right across the country at the moment, um, you know, I, I would like to state that as Irish, we left, and we're still leaving. 100,000 Irish have left to Australia. Yes. Um, and while there are people coming to Ireland, you know, we, we want our Irish abroad to be treated well. And I suppose that's something really important for people who come to this country. We, we don't want them to be treated badly. No. And, you know, it's a whole migration topic. But I suppose it is something quite strong that we would state that, you know, any kind of, and I will mention the word racism, towards any community. We, we know the history of Irish abroad and particularly in England and America. The no Irish, no blacks, no dogs. Um, and that's very, very strong. And Irish really faced challenges in the past. Um, I was there in at the very, very end of all of that with the Prevention of Terrorism Act, um, and with you know when there were was terrorism in London. Yes. Um, it was very difficult as an Irish person to open your mouth because your accent would be heard. So, you know, I, I suppose I would say that we have great empathy with people who've left, people who want to come back, but we also have that empathy and understanding towards those people who've come to Ireland, sometimes through no choice of their own, um, that we just afford a little bit of kindness um, and understand the reasons why. Not everyone is here to... Um, and nobody is here to exploit the system. Irish didn't leave to exploit countries and take money and do all those other things. Um, migration is global now and people travel for all sorts of reasons. Employment, economic, um, travel. People are adventurous in their in their nature. So um, so I suppose that's, that's really p- strong in the line of work that I do, yes. both personally and I professionally. Human rights focused. Human rights focused. Human focused one. Absolutely. Social justice. Social justice. We want it for Irish abroad yes. and, you know, and I have no problem strongly advocating for that in all the work that I do. Karen is still with me and it's been such a pleasure to have you in studio with me and uh, to talk about such an important uh, topic. Do you feel there's anything else that you'd like to add to what you've added already? Um, Before you not, leave and depart Roscommon. Ros- Ros- <laughs> on my way to Sligo. Um, just um, a shout out to all the Rossies all over the world. And the Rossies are here in Roscommon who have relatives abroad. Uh, if anybody is thinking about it or if you're thinking about it for your relatives, give us a call. We'd be more than happy to discuss. Um, our WhatsApp again is 086-059-4538. And I suppose I just want to give another shout out to all our staff, to our board, to the Department of Foreign Affairs who have supported us, to our ambassador, uh, Sean Kane, and to, the pa- to our patron, which is the President of Ireland. Uh, we're very fortunate to have two... Um, strong Galway actually Galway men patron and ambassador no disrespect to Roscommon but if there's any <laughs> if there's any yes yeah <laughs> you're shouting a shout out there for a shout out ambassador. a shout out yeah. if there's any prominent uh, um, potential people who would be interested uh, we we 
we will be looking actually for new board members, directors. But if there's any um, anybody who thinks they and could, can they contact you um, for for that particular. They can contact position? me, Karen at com. Yes, uh, we will be doing an advertisement in the next couple of weeks. Um, but I just want to to thank you, Louise, for having me on, and You're thanks welcome. Ross FM. It's been great, it's been great. and yeah. you know, we, I was at the the Rambling House there in Roscommon a couple of weeks ago. Actually, just before Christmas. Um, and that was that was um was brilliant I have to say. And I believe there are some more and that's Council Anthony Waldron Waldron. Yes. Um so the other organisation I had mentioned earlier that I'd forgotten to mention the name was the Kevin Bell Repatriation. Um and Kevin Bell, who many will know, uh, will support people, you know, who may have um serious incidents, accidents or may have died abroad. Um, so just they're a wonderful organisation as well Um, so you know that's it thank you everyone and be sure to keep in touch and if any messages came in for you uh, we'll forward them on to your email and uh, And I'll come back to anybody and you know a big shout out to Roscommon County Council Um, we we, um, did a I did a presentation there I think last year uh, to the uh, Housing Strategic Policy Committee, so I'll yes. be following that up again um, pretty soon this year with all councils around the country. But Roscommon is one I'm I'm going to be going to come to Fantastic. see soon. So Don't thank you. Been warned. <laughs> Karen McHugh is uh, on her way. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much, Karen.